You're listening to The Dworkin Report, and I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. My guest today is Aaron Brockovich, whose story of successful environmental activism was portrayed in a synonymous movie where you met her. But did you really meet the Aaron Brockovich in that Hollywood production? Well, today, you'll have a chance to meet the real person behind the story by listening to our chat. Aaron is one of America's most successful activists, but also someone who's very busy duplicating her efforts for others to take up the mantle of environmental activism. She told me about the vital importance of our country's water supply, how she learned about the crucial significance of preserving our fragile ecosystems that produce the clean drinking water we all depend on to live. And Aaron Brockovich also explained the roots of her struggle to juggle being a single mom, a legal professional, staffer, and an activist. But before we begin, I'd like you to take a minute to check out our new Patreon page. We're starting a daily Dworkin Report podcast there, and we need you to join us. Visit patreon.com slash Report. As you stand up with us, we'll make more episodes. Patreon.com slash Report. Here's my fascinating, in-depth interview with the incomparable Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich, thank you for taking the time to discuss what it takes to sustain activism against tall odds. How are you doing today? Well, I'm pretty good. Just uh, getting home from a long trip and out doing a keynote speech. And then I was up in Chico, California on uh, past, you know, big fires with Pacific Gas and Electric. And I'm home for a few days trying to get my desk cleared off before I head over to Australia. That's oh, pretty good. Right on, right on. That's a, that's a little bit of travel, a <laughs> little bit of travel right there. Uh, could you tell our listeners what uh, inspired you to enter the field of uh, environmental activism that requires, I guess, some pretty intense courtroom skills? Was it something you always thought about doing or was it random and it kind of popped up and you were like, this is my calling? Or, or how did environmental activism get into your life? Well, unbeknownst to me, it kind of came into my life when I was a very little girl. And I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas, and I loved being outside. I loved playing in the creeks and running through the fields and riding my bicycle. I was often fascinated with the tornadoes that blew through there. And I was very connected um, to the environment, just I always have been. So, you know, I paid attention to that. I had a father interestingly enough, who um, ran the pipelines for a very long time for Texaco. He's a mechanical engineer that taught me and would sing songs to me about the value of water. And he promised me in my lifetime, I'd listen to his stories and I was just in awe of it, that when I was older, we'd probably see water shortages or water becoming a commodity or wars over water. And I mean, here we are. And so somewhere that just stuck in my being. And as you know, I grew up and when I kind of really just stumbled upon Hinkley, California, because I was a single mom, I needed a job. And I took the job at Masri and Vitito, not thinking that there would be an environmental issue, but I needed to work and I needed to provide for my family. That I became curious by medical records in a file. And Mr. Masri gave me permission to go out there. And when I did, I had a, an eerie feeling like I would get back home because I would instinctually know something was wrong, almost like, you know, before a tornado comes. And I'm really, truly very connected that way to the earth. And 
something didn't feel right. Uh, the trees were dying. Um, animals that had, you know, tumors on their body, uh, two-headed frogs, green water. I was observing and just kind of being present in my space. That set me off. Something is definitely wrong. And the longer I was out there and the more I met people, it became obvious to me that there was a common denominator. And I started thinking about, you know, growing up, my dad, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the water. So my my who I am and my upbringing and my constant need to be in the environment really showed itself when I stumbled upon those medical records and I went out to Hinkley, California. Were, were the medical records, was, the, was that when it first clicked in your mind? Was, was there a moment where you thought, okay, I'm onto something huge regarding PG&E and, and town of Hinkley? Like, was there something like that one moment where you're like, oh my God, this is horrifying. And if I don't do something, no one will. Like, I need to, I need to keep on digging. Well, one of the, the first moments was truly looking at a two-headed frog and green water coming from a tap. See, that's one of those moments where seeing is believing and there's no way you're going to unconvince me that what I just saw isn't real. So that was one of my first clues. This is not right. My second clue was listening to the people and really listening to them and not going, okay, you're out there, you're crazy, what do you know? Because I just came in with that mindset um why would these people lie why would they make up stories like that i resonated with roberta walker you know and she's a mom and i'm a mom and you know moms you know oftentimes we just know instinctually our kids or our life and and oftentimes that can just get you know okay okay just put off and put off so roberta was a real eye-opener for me um Again, looking around and every tree is dying and meeting the farmers who were concerned and seeing cows covered in 500 tumors. Those were all things that really set me into motion. And I believe what really, you know, obviously didn't set me into motion, but confirmed that something was wrong was when I got into the documents at the state level that was talking about, you know, hexavalent chromium that was showing there was a groundwater plume, that this was a dangerous chemical. I mean, right there, everything started to come together. Find out more about Meet the Candidates 2020, my new book series of voter guides, authored by Dworkin Report producer Grant Stern. It's the only place you can read my opinion and a factual portrait of each major Democratic candidate in one place. Buy the book now at the link inside this episode's notes at grantstern.com or your local Barnes & Noble. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. And when things got tough, I assume that a lot of the movie is true based on the bio, everything that I've seen on the side of it as well. It's pretty, it seems pretty accurate. Um, it is. When things got tough, what, what made you keep going even though you didn't have a lot of money and you mentioned you, you had to raise your kids at the same time? Like what, what was it that kept you going? <laughs> you know, <laughs> The power of a word I learned as a little girl from my mother called stick Intuitiveness. I talk about this in my keynote speeches. And boy, you know, words are important. 
words are very powerful and words have some meanings that I think if we talk more about them today would have a different interpretation. Um, Stick-to-itiveness is by definition noun, propensity to follow through in a determined manner, dogged persistence, born of obligation and stubbornness. I learned very early from my mom that when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. You got to find your stick-to-itiveness and that, you know, life requires that we have it. And you have to apply it, especially when it would just be easier to give up and go away. So my mom was still alive at that time. And I would tell her these stories or there'd be moments where I was either crying or tired or I was going nowhere. Look, everybody told me you have no business doing what you're doing. You're not a doctor, not a scientist. You're not a lawyer. But I never stopped to think that I had to be any of that to be a human and to tell you to that what I saw was wrong or what I'd read and that somebody was covering it up, that speaking out wasn't wrong. And so that's where I came from. And she would always say, you know, I told you, you've got that stick to And um, that was very inspirational for me um, in not wanting to give up. And the people in Hinckley, you know, they, they believed in me. I believed in them. And I think we kept each other going because there was, Roadblocks, many roadblocks. It's still that way today because there will always be somebody that wants to tell you, uh, 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 uh. we don't want you looking over here. That's right. not what's happening. It's funny how th- when they do that, that makes you look harder at when they lie about something and it's simple and you're like, why would they lie about that? It makes you dig further into it. Absolutely. You know, I'm a big fan of Occam's razor. I love science. And by the way, you know, I wanted to be a doctor when I was a little girl, but here was that moment where everyone said you couldn't. There's always an air of suppression around in a situation like this where somebody doesn't want you to know something. The minute that person pushes on me that way, that's when I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, because I'm very open. So if I'm not hiding anything, I'm just telling you, you are free to be here. How can I help you? What do you want to talk about? What could we look up? Where do you want to go? But when you start pushing on me, no, that's no, that two-headed frog's normal. No, it's not. (laughs) No, the green water, it's minerals. No, I don't think I buy that. It's really being in touch with yourself and knowing what you see, knowing what you experience, knowing what you feel, knowing what you heard, and getting behind that and going, ah, no, I don't believe that. And so that's really what was happening to me a lot. And, you know, Roberta Walker, the original plaintiff um, in the case, she was the exact same way. You know, things didn't make sense to her. It's that common sense. I'll maybe jump in here real quick, uh, a program that I've put together that I've learned from these communities and from my own upbringing. And it's called my four L's. The first L is logic. And everybody wonders, well, what's the, what is logic anyway, right? Well, for me, it's your common sense. It's that common sense moment that tells you don't drink green water. It's that common sense moment when the tornado sirens go off, you don't call the weather channel to ask if it's an F4 or F5, you know to go to safety. It's that common sense moment. If the headline read municipalities painted with rat poison, you're not going to call the National Institute of Health and say, well, uh, the allowable level is two parts per billion and mine's one. Should I drink it? You don't drink it. And that's precisely what was going on out there was that common sense set of skills. Um, and oftentimes mothers, women are really keen on this one. My other L is about leverage. And that's exactly what we did. We leveraged each other. You know, if it's just me out there yapping around, you can 
shut me up. Well, not always, but <laughs> um, you you don't have as big a voice sometimes with just one. And I can, you know, I can express my voice pretty loud as one. But when we became two and five and 10 and 20 and 30, all of a sudden, see that that was different. So that's the power of leveraging what you know and joining hands with others. And logic, leverage, loyalty. That's just intuitiveness. And that's the other thing, you know, you asked how we kept going. Um, When you know this is happening, you just see it through to the end. So loyalty to your cause, to your neighbor, to yourself, to your health, to your family, you'll see it through to the end. And that's precisely what we did. And lastly is a word that we don't use much these days, but it's love. And I know that sounds really silly, but that is your why. That's your motivator. What they were doing and what I was doing all was born of love. You know, love of safety for your family, love of your health, love of your freedom, love of your land, love of your water, all of that. And this is precisely what we did as a group out there. And uh, it's very powerful to use your common sense and, you know, stand behind your cause, see it through to the end. And it's a great way to get to know your neighbors again. And, and you quickly realize you're not alone in knowing what you've seen or experienced and so, and why we did it. Did you ever imagine that there'd be a movie about it? And would you think about the movie itself? <laughs> um, you know, did you believe no. the story would be as big as it, it was, obviously? Never. You know, I, uh, that, was, that wasn't even in my wildest dreams. Oh, I would grow up and stumble upon a mass, you know, tort situation in the community being poisoned and someone to make a movie and name it after me and Julia Roberts would star in it. Let's be honest. <laughs> that might have been a moment where everyone went, okay, yeah, sure. I hadn't the, the slightest idea. You know, I I was just living my life. And again, my upbringing had a lot to do with principle. And I don't know that we have to define right from wrong. I mean, we know right from wrong. And just everything I saw was wrong. And I was compelled to get in there and fight because that fight for them was a fight for me and my own children and my own desire for clean water. Um, It's all of our fight. At the end of the day, when we have a destroyed environment and polluted water and sick children and, and poor health, I mean, that is just the one common thing that everybody needs to even survive right a human human right i agree it came naturally well more recently you appeared in the documentary last call at the oasis which is free to stream on a voodoo Uh, can you explain to our listeners what the film is about and why they need to watch it well they do need to watch it and by the way that film came out a little before its time if you ask me, um, that was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. because now we're really seeing the effects and it was really about the pollution of water. Uh, what we're going to do about if we have no water or all the water is polluted and, you know, they went in and around other countries and the community and people and experts and what was happening about and around water. And, um, it was a great privilege to be a part of that. Again, I think it was visionary, um, I'd love to see that re-released more often right today because, again, it takes time. I think the issue is happening so many places now 
if there's not one place I can't think it's not happening. It isn't until it kind of hits you that you don't really wake up to the issue. And because so many people are awake to the issue now, I think the film would um, really strike home with them. And it was, it's just a great film, Last Call at the Oasis. That's what it is. We're headed for some major water problems. Not headed. We're already there. Do you have any advice? So I was thrilled for, to be a part do, of it. Uh, do you have any advice for uh, people that want to get into environmental activism like you have? I don't think you even have to think about it. And I, my advice would be, you don't have to have all these degrees to be an environmental activist. You, you just be a human. We have disconnected ourselves from this environment, but we are the environment. And we can't, we are not sustainable without it as a human race. And so if you see something, say something. If you feel something, don't be afraid to ask questions. And that would be the most important thing I think I could say to somebody is, see, we won't ask questions because somebody may tease us or we feel stupid and we pull away from that. Don't ever feel silly asking a question about something you're curious about. And oftentimes we don't because somebody will say, oh, what do you know? Or, hey, don't talk about that. Or, oh, we don't want a water problem. Our, our property values could go down. And then we just kind of, you know, retreat within ourselves. Don't be afraid. Here again, this is about knowing and trusting yourself. Trusting what is happening with your child. Trusting what you see happening with water. And more and more people do it. You know, when your water comes out of the faucet and it's yellow, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call the municipality and go, what's going on? And that's the one thing I would encourage people to do is ask questions, make a phone call, and don't be afraid to do that. This episode of the Twerking Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit TwerkingReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. And our, our listeners can check out your website at communityhealthbook.com, right? And to, to get more involved in activism in their communities. Uh, what projects are you working on today? Oh my gosh, what project am I not working on today? And I'm not <laughs> kidding when I say that. Um, we've been involved with, you know, the devastation of the California wildfires, which were started from Pacific Gas and Electric, which is exactly the same company that I dealt with out in Hinkley, California, and in many places up and down the state of California. I'm very involved in this huge water contamination that we've been saying for years was coming, and that's the PFOA, uh, better known as Teflon, or the PFOS, also known as firefighting foam, flame retardant. It is single-handedly the largest pollution in our well water and our municipal water throughout the entire country. I've been um, in the past very involved with certain medical devices and very involved with uh, my mapping project where we just have community after community after community after community, not only reporting, you know, they're on a super fun site or 
they've been drinking unbeknownst to them benzene or TCE or PFOAs. But disturbing amounts of disease and cancer. Um, definitely been involved with the glyphosate, the Roundup, and um, all the people that have been exposed there. So it, it just it doesn't stop. Every single day, there is another town, another city, another state, another person reporting another disease, another cancer, another water pollution. Where do we go? What do we do? Um, it gets to the point where I actually have, you know, doctors um, and senators and Congress people saying, we've got this community. I mean, how do we get in? You know, where do we start? And you just start. And I don't think that you have to have anything other than an appreciation for your your life and your connection to the environment and wanting to protect yourself, your children, and your neighbor. So you have a better quality of life and ask those questions. So it doesn't stop. And I do this in, in other countries and I am out doing a lot of public speaking. And I, I do see this moment in life as bad as it can feel or as daunting as it is. And my fourth book, which is uh, Truth of America's Water Supply, but it'll take you right to policies. It'll walk you through the science in a layman's term, how we make change. But throughout the book, I weave you through the change and that's in and out of the communities that are rising up. But the book's called Superman's Not Coming. And that's something that I think we're all waking up to. Whether we've been comfortable or complacent or there's been corruption or secrets that have been buried, you know, we now have better access to uncover that. And we're seeing that there is not one thing that will change it other than us. And just think if every person in every community rose up that had a water issue and dealt with it at a local level or a cleanup or getting local, you know, our congressman or woman or senator or state the agencies all involved and alerted. Imagine if each town and each city and every state did that across America. You could light it up with people being active and proactive and getting involved and starting to make change in their own backyard as opposed to waiting to something out there that's just going to come fix it. The problem is way too big. And I think it will take getting right down to that microscopic level, which is that individual in that home that may be living on a toxic site or knows something that's going on. And believe me, they email me every day for us to speak up and speak out. And I do think that moment is here. And that is our saving grace in a situation in a world where I know we are all feeling very daunted by everything that's going on, but we are still the hope. And we can make that change. We just have to step up and grab the torch, if you will, and move forward and not think that we have to be any certain person of any certain financial status or degree or anything else to be a human and to step in here and help save this amazing planet and in turn save ourselves and have a better, happier, healthier life. Because that's what it's all about, I think, for all of us. 
I'm ready to fight now. You just pumped me up. Uh, <laughs> you, you, Aaron Brockovich, you can visit her website at brockovich.com. We'll post uh, her books with the segment and we'll also uh, share, share the documentary movie and also links to the movie itself. Aaron Brockovich, you're an inspiration. Thank you for all the fighting you do and thank you uh, for keep on fighting now. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, um, I'm empowered more often than not by you and putting information and awareness out there and you know, technology is such a, you know, double-sided sword, if you will. I mean, because at the same time, it can really provide us this opportunity, this platform where we can get the word out there much more faster and where we can see the bigger picture where all of us can begin to act. So I appreciate you and uh, your time today. Thank you. I want to thank Aaron Brockovich for joining me today. I also want to thank my producer, Grant Stern. You can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Report. You can visit our website at dworkingreport.com. You can check out our candidate guides at meetthecandidates2020.com. Thanks again for listening. Onward!